0: This was supposed to be a happy, happy, joy, joy kind of show on Tuesday. LSU and Tulane, big bowl victories, the Saints beat Philadelphia on Sunday. But there will be some happiness. There will be some joy, and we'll talk about it all with Doug Mouton coming up in a little bit. But we've got to lead off with the breaking news of the nation, the breaking news of the sports world. It's all coming up next on (laughs) Datitude. If you're looking for the latest scoop and in-depth interviews on the Saints, the NFL, the Pelicans, LSU, along with the best bets of the week, then lucky you. Along with high-powered, in-the-know guests who cover our teams, Jim Derry brings plenty of damnitude. And he'll always tell you the way it is, or at least the way he thinks it is. Way at New Orleans, and hello to all my friends elsewhere whose hearts are in Cincinnati and Buffalo right now. We welcome you in on this Tuesday, probably afternoon by the time you're listening to this. I have uh, gone back and forth. I have re-recorded this intro multiple times because I am trying to be as sensitive and fair and kind and... I mean, it's just it's it's a tough show. I mean, it really is. My my heart is elsewhere this morning. I'm Jim Derry, sports betting writer at the times and the Advocate, and Bet.Nola.com. This is Datitude, episode number one twenty-nine for a January third, twenty twenty-three. The first show of twenty twenty-three, and again, it's supposed to be happy and joyous, and um, it will be. A lot of this show will be. um, you know, as I said, I had recorded this monologue before I had Doug on. Um, then I went back and I th- thought I needed to, to redo it. And the reason being is this: um, we 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 talk about Tulane's huge victory. I mean, is it is literally the biggest victory for Tulane since I don't know, since any of us were alive, really. I mean, let, let's be realistic. Even the, the 13-0 season, or it was 12-0, 13, whatever, whatever it was, 1988. This is bigger than that. Um, first major bowl since 1939, Sugar Bowl. And not only did they storm into it, but they won it. They beat USC. They had to come back twice to do it. And they did it. And they earned it. And that should be the lead of today. Um, and we talk about that with Doug. LSU, a 63-7 to winner. In the Citrus Bowl. I don't care what Purdue team was playing out there. To win 63-7 to shows so many things about where this team is going. And then the Saints. Is it a big victory over Philadelphia? Or is it just, what have you done for me lately? Or what should you have been doing for me all season? Doug and I get into a very spirited. And I mean, maybe the most spirited debate ever had on this show. And I'm not exaggerating. It, it wasn't meant to be that. It just kind of turned into that. Because I don't, I'm not doing Derry's dime this morning. It's going to be in, in with Doug's interview. Um, what I thought was going to be a 45-minute talk, maybe 40, 45 minutes, turned out to be almost an hour and a half. But I'm not cutting any of it because it's great. Um, I think it is. I think it's really good, especially the debate about the Saints, which I think you don't want to miss. With that being said, um, and of course, before I get into it, obviously, you can tell I'm under the weather. Um, I've been sick since, literally, I started feeling bad doing datitude on Friday morning, and it went straight downhill. I spent um, all of Friday afternoon and evening in bed, all of Saturday in bed, except for getting out to fireworks for 45 minutes, and... I spent Sunday on the couch watching football, and actually, after the Saints game, I went back and watched the Red Zone Channel in bed. Um, tried to do some things yesterday, but I am just—I—I I feel better. It doesn't sound like it, um, but I'm—I'm I'm getting over the funk. So you'll have to bear with me. But all that being said, I think everything is put into context when you see what happened in. Cincinnati on Monday night football and Buffalo safety Demar Hamlin collapsing and now we learn that he went into cardiac arrest and he is in critical condition at the University of Cincinnati <laughs> hospital and our prayers go out to him um and there's no other way really you have to, it's it has to be talked about and I know we can sit around and You know, we're having a little text group chat with with Zach and some other guys and wondering what's going to happen with the games. And i got to be honest, I don't care. I mean, I don't care what happens with the games. Not until I find out what's going on with that kid. Um, So if that's how I feel, I can only imagine how the Buffalo Bills feel. I mean, I'm in the middle of, um, not in the middle of, at the end of, First time, and I nobody, nobody really cares about my fantasy football league, but I'm trying to put things in context. This is the 32nd season of our fantasy football league. First time ever the same two teams went to the championship game, back-to-back seasons. It's me and my best friend, who obviously your best friend is your better rival. We go into last night. I got a one-point lead. And in my league, uh, a one-point lead is not like most one one-point, one-point game leagues. Um, your bonuses don't start accruing until you get to 50 points then it starts to turn more into a normal bonuses so basically he had T Higgins T Higgins had to get to 50 yards or score and he wins if he doesn't I win and I don't care what happens with my fantasy championship I really don't and I and I mean that in all sincerity I don't care if they play this game tomorrow don't play it at all the Bills don't play again this season. I don't know what's going to happen as I record this, and it doesn't matter because it goes to show that our fantasy football leagues and our bets and our love of football and sports and none of that matters when you're talking about lives and kids. Two things I thought about when I when I saw that last night, and I don't like to. I don't put a bunch of my personal life into this show, but I think in this in this case, it's fitting. You know, two years ago, almost two years ago this week, as a matter of fact, I think it was the middle of December. Two years ago, I was playing golf with my son, and two friends, and one of those friends, um, just no other way to say it, collapsed on the seventeenth green, almost exactly in the same exact way DeMar Hamlin collapsed last night. And I, with the help of 911 and my training of being a lifeguard back 40 years ago, or whatever, 38 years ago, I, I had to do CPR on my friend. Now, he lived to make it to the hospital, but he died three days later. And so all the things they're talking about with DeMar Hamlin and the things they're doing are the same things they did to my friend. So between that and thinking about what DeMar Hamlin's mom is feeling right now, because I'm a parent of three kids, and what I would be feeling had I found out about one of my kids, and in fact, my son is 24 years old, the same age as DeMar Hamlin. That's all I could think about last night, and really this morning, as I watched the updates, and these players' faces. And it puts into context... You know, again, Doug and I get into this spurted debate, and you know what? It helped me get my mind off of things. Helped me get my mind off of, of DeMar Hamlin. Helped me get my mind off of being sick. Helped me get up my mind off of a lot of things. And it, it's fun. And that's what this show's about, and to forget about. But I can't, I can't do this show. I can't have a full show without talking about this. Because it puts it into context. What if that were your son? What if that were your best friend's son what if that was your nephew what if that was your grandson you know what if that were the saints and they were playing for the number one seed and that had happened to i don't know what if that had happened to to bradley robey marcus may what would you be feeling i know one thing i can't say this for sure But I probably wouldn't care whether my team played next week or not. Maybe I'd feel differently in a couple days. Maybe they'll feel differently in a couple days. But I'd be more worried about what's going to happen to that kid than a damn football game. So we don't know what's going to happen with the football game. And uh, we don't know what's going to happen this weekend. And, um, you know, I just told Zach. I mean, I usually write my NFL picks column today. I'm not doing that. It'll have to come out Thursday or maybe even Friday. I don't know. We'll figure it out because I'm not writing it today. Um, more important things going on in this world. Uh, and it, it puts a lot of things in perspective. That being said, you didn't listen to this show. Um, you want to get your mind off of, of it too. I'm I'm sure if you're hurting, uh, I'm sure you're, I mean, any normal, human, if you're not hurting over this, and if you're, if you're not, if this doesn't, eat at you or it doesn't like target your, your heartstrings, then something's wrong with you. I'm just going to say that. So, but all that being said, we do want to get our mind off of, off of, of things. And we are going to talk about the things that happened yesterday because they are important to us. All this takes the luster off of it for sure. Um, and, but I could tell you where my mind is for today. It's in a hospital room in Cincinnati. And I don't know this kid from Adam and I'll be frank I'll be frank, I'm not sure that I heard his name before yesterday. Doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. That's somebody's son. And I know there's somebody's son every day somewhere in a hospital room. But this is kind of uh, a symbol of all that. And these guys that play this game that they love and they give their hearts and soul, literally. And I thank them for doing so. So, we again, let's get to Doug because we have a long a long talk here. We do talk about DeMar uh, Hamlin for just a moment, uh, but we, we talk about uh, Tulane and what it means for the program. We talk about LSU and where their program's going and Jaden Daniels and the trajectory he's on. I mean, there's a lot of good news around here right now. Now, I'm not so sure that the Saints news – is as good as everybody thinks it is. Now, the good news is, and if I could be just, you know, we're going to transfer to that that side of things where we're we to try to take away the pain for a little bit. The Saints have now somehow made it so that they can possibly win eight games. It's great if you bet the over seven and a half. But is it great in the grand scheme of where this team thinks it is? Do you want this team? to feel like they're doing something good? Well, one of us thinks one way, and the other one thinks another way. That's coming up about 40 to 50 minutes into this debate. It's definitely worth listening to. I will tell you this, spoiler alert, and I'm never one to tell anyone to fast forward through anything. If you're here to listen to the Saints and that's all you care about, you might want to fast forward about 50 minutes from here because you want to listen to this. But you probably want to listen to the Tulane and LSU stuff too. It's up to you. Whatever you want. Let me know when we come back. Here it is. Welcoming into the Dad Podcast on this Tuesday morning, our friend Mr. Doug Mouton, Sports Director at WWL tv It has been quite a while, my friend. How are you doing on this? Yeah, it's been too long. I am good. How are you? Oh well, you know. Yeah. Uh, we we get through the funk the best way we can. It's that time of year. I think. Man, it's uh, going around. It really is. Um, so, you know, I'm glad to, to take my part in it, get it out of the way. You know, it's always best to get – you have an a extended three-and-a-half-day, four, almost four-day weekend. There's nothing like spending it in bed. I'm just telling you right now. There's nothing better. No no, no better way to ring in the new year than with the funk. Trust me. <laughs> wow. Yeah. I get,
1: look, everybody in the WWL TV sports department has had it in the last month. We've all been fighting, but I feel like we're all coming out of it like we're starting a new year ready to be
0: clean. Well, maybe we'll all be clean. I don't think you or I will ever be clean. That's a whole different story. Uh, we'll talk about it at a different point. Um, look, uh, we, we do need to start the, the, the segment off with, with a serious topic. and I, I spent a lot of time talking about it on Monologue, so we're not, we're not going to talk about it too long. But, of course, everything goes to the side. Uh, the Saints, LSU, Tulane, fantasy football championship bets, division championships. To me, none of that matters. When you see, um, you know, a 24-year-old kid fighting for his life right now, and none of us probably even really knew his name. Some of us might have known his name, um, but other than that, none of us knew anything about him. But yet, to me, he's the only thing that matters today, outside of our own personal lives.
1: Yeah, it's it's interesting how you
0: get a dose of reality. Now look, I was not watching
1: at the time. I had it on. We got about eight TVs in the sports office. I had the Pelicans on because A, the Pelicans have been playing great and they're fun to watch, and B because that's my job. And so I had the Pelicans on and, and so when I glanced over to the side TV, I already saw the, you know, the huddle and the I missed the collapse. I saw the the aftermath and then obviously at that point things get very different and um yeah i went back and watched it of course it was all over um social media where it was easy to find and yeah it, it's something yeah it, it it getting shocked back into life is interesting sometimes when you're you know involved in, in the fun part of sports but yeah it was a, it was a, it's it is still a dose of reality uh in, in what was a, a, a great sports day locally
0: really and it's a uh... A great sports weekend and uh, a crazy sports weekend throughout the United States. I mean, if you think about it, the great bowl games, the college oh. football playoffs, the 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 penultimate week of the NFL, uh, teams fighting, teams eliminated, teams clinching, teams hanging on the edge. I mean, there's just so much going on this weekend. And uh, but still, you know, we we think about this kid, uh, DeMar Hamlin, and um, you know, like I said, Doug, you have you have kids. The first thing that when I saw it was, you know, besides the, you know, the own personal, the personal thing that that I talked about in my monologue, and I talked to you off the air about that I, that made me think about past incidents. But as time went on, I thought about my own kids, and you know, I have a 24 year old, almost 25 year old kid that's about to have a son of his own, and so you know i put myself in the parent's shoes and it's really hard to even you know to think what is that what is that mother going through this morning
1: yeah well yeah that's it's a lot it definitely is and yeah you you think of all that it, it like like i said it's it's a dose of reality in 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 a day where i'm, I'm thinking about how fun the two lane game was you know and and uh yeah it, it's i mean it want to be in the lead of our newscast of all of all the of all the incredible sports things we had, um, and and we had Brooke in uh, you know at the Tulane game in Dallas. The newscast led for the first five minutes. We had Dr. Corey Abear on, and I'm telling the story of Demar Hamlin at the top of the newscast, which at seven o'clock I would have never dreamed of. But it's uh it, it's just different when when real life. uh, rears its head in in a day like that look honestly it happens it happened a few weeks ago when the tornadoes hit new orleans and people's homes right um you know we get it from time to time this was this was a different one and yeah this is one when when you think about all the medical emergencies you may have been through in your life and and you think about your kids and you hope it doesn't happen to them
0: you know it, it There are times in our career, it doesn't happen a lot, maybe once every other year or so, but it's it's one thing that's different about being a sports writer. And I'm not bragging or anything, but I think it shows how versatile we are because there are a lot of times when we end up doing news stories. Yeah.
1: Well, in um, hurricane coverage, I wish I wasn't versatile when they're calling me for hurricane coverage. It was one a few years ago when I was in Covington and I got a call saying... We need you to. We, we need you to go to Bures. This thing yeah. is taking a Buris. turn. And I said, "Wait a second! Don't we have a news reporter that can go to Bures? You need to spend send the guy yeah. to the Plaquemines Parish." And they said, "Yeah, we're going to need you there as soon as you can get there." It's like, "All right, I'll be there in two hours." So, right. Yeah. Well, you send so my paycheck, so I'll, I'll be you. there. Yeah. Right. I mean, you got to do what you got to do, and uh, uh. and yeah, this. Uh, you know, I, 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 I'm looking up. Um, heart conditions last night or looking up what could have possibly been. And again, two hours early, I would have never thought that.
0: Yeah, that's crazy. I mean, just to think that we wouldn't be talking leading with Tulane or LSU or the saints or whatever. I mean, I would have told you, you were crazy. Right. All right. Well, let's talk about Tulane and LSU and the saints. And to me, I don't think it's close. I think the lead story of those three things, it's not close. The Tulane Green Wave, even you know, it's funny, Doug, because going down the stretch of that game, and I didn't expect them to win. Uh, I mean, I'm going to be straight up honest. I don't, I don't think most, I don't think most Tulane fans expected them to win. And to me, I was thinking about, okay, what are we going to talk about on that tomorrow? And it was still the lead because of the way they played and the way they competed. To me, they had already won the game even before they won. The fact that they competed with the USC Trojans and the Heisman Trophy winner who played the entire game and I thought played fairly well. Yeah, he made
1: one bad mistake, yeah.
0: And yet still, the Tulane Green Wave find a way to win the first major bowl game since, what, the 1939 Sugar Bowl? And not only did they make it, they win. And now Tulane is super relevant going forward. Yeah, look, and
1: I will say this too, though, Tulane is a great story. Just a great story. LSU turned out to be a really good story yesterday too. Um, I did, look, LSU in the buildup, look, and we talk about from from the side that we work on, the the buildup to the bowl game. Tulane, we had, we talk about media availabilities. That means that they're making people available where we can come do interviews. Tulane did about, eight media availabilities between the American Athletic Championship game and the bowl game. I mean, we had a chance to talk to him at least eight times. And if we had called, we could have talked to him really any day. LSU, Brian Kelly, before they went to the Citrus Bowl, had talked one time, and it was on the recruiting day. L- it, w- the, the takeaway was that LSU looked like they didn't even care about their own bowl game. Because we, I kept calling my people in Baton Rouge, just, Is LSU have an availability today? No, they haven't done one yet, except for the recruiting thing. And it almost looked like LSU didn't care, which is why when they played like they played yesterday, it was a little stunning to me because clearly they did care in a big way. They just didn't care about talking to me, um, which is fine. But but the way LSU responded, I thought really said something and really meant something. But yes, look, I, I, you talk about when USC went up two touchdowns and then Tulane ties it and USC goes up two touchdowns again, and it's 28, 14. At that point, I said, okay, it's going to be a tough day, but this has been a great run. But I will say when they were down 15 and then Michael Pratt hits the long one and Tajay Spears scores, I said, because actually one of our uh, news photographers was sitting in there with me, a guy I've known for a long time. And I said, TJ, I think this is a ball game. And then when they got the, the kid drops the kickoff, and then yeah, they get the second. was that? I looked at him on the, after the safety and I said, Julian's going to win this game. I have no doubt. They're going to win this game. They just need to not score too fast. And, and, uh, Pratt led him on a beautiful drive. He got sacked on the first play of that drive. Right. Yeah, it right. was, it was moxie and it was determination. And Tajay Spears, who's literally one of my favorite local athletes to cover in the last 20 years. Um, he, he's my new Justin Jefferson. He's been just a pleasure to deal with. Um, he shows the world how special he is. And I think this kid's going to play in the NFL for a long time. And I think he's going to be, and and he showed everybody just the most slippery running back of all time. And anyway, yeah, it it was stunning and it was fun and just everything about it was great. But yeah, but look to me, the LSU game was a wow factor. And then the Tulane game was a wow factor times 10. But when when I say a great day, if Tulane hadn't played and just LSU had played, I would have said, man, what a great day. And then the Tulane game was was far better than that. And, look, we talked about Willie Fritz before. I've been his biggest fan literally since the moment he got here. So I love seeing him do it. Um, it, it was fun. It was, it, it was everything you you would have hoped it would be. And, and from a ball standpoint, I mean, it might be the most memorable single ball game. I mean, look, the college football playoff has more meaning because they're playing for national right. championship.
0: The non-playoff
1: bowl. But anybody, yeah, non-playoff bowl, anybody saw that game is going to remember Tulane in a really positive way. I,
0: I agree. I think non-playoff bowl game, I, I would put it up there with any of the other ones. Uh, well, they're
1: like 70, and I didn't see them all, so. Well, are you sure? <laughs>
0: Sure, I mean, that there's 70 or sure? I didn't see them all. Sure, you didn't see them all. Oh, no, I, I saw mean, some, but I, I didn't well, see I mean, see the reason seven. why you're on this morning is because I, I know that you were a little kid, but yeah. I, I'm pretty sure that you saw the 1939
1: Tulane Show. Oh, oh, oh no, I saw them in all the bowl games this year. Oh, like, no,
0: no. Okay. Okay.
1: Yeah, I, I, I didn't see all the bowling greens against uh, Miami of Ohio bowl games. Well, I'm a, I a think degenerate, was, so
0: I've, it's as yeah, good I've as seen, anyone I saw. I've seen almost a piece of. Every one of them, but oh, I'm yeah, right. I mean, it's it's kind of what I do. Are you but, betting uh,
1: ball games? Wait, time out. Are you betting on these crazy ball games? Of course. Oh.
0: I mean, I'm the sports betting writer.
1: Um, <laughs> I know, but how do you bet on these things? You turn well, a ball game on and you don't know what you're gonna get.
0: No, you do research. You do research. Well, you I, do you, no, I take that back. See, I would have bet LSU and you
1: would have won big.
0: I bet. Against well, I didn't actually bet on an LSU Purdue game, but I did bet on USC. Oh, so, so that's that's what's called the bad beat. Ooh. But I'm okay with it. I'm yeah. actually okay with that bad beat because it's exciting for the one that really got me though yesterday is I had Illinois plus three and a half. Oh yeah, I saw uh, that.
1: They hit the pick six. That's
0: they were losing by three in the oh. old dipsy do passaro crap. Oh stupid. Oh wow. Man. But my, my, my miseries compare, uh, pale in comparison to others. So I'm not going to worry about it. We're going to move on. We're going to start 2023 in, in a happy, 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 joy, joy fashion. So yeah, we'll, we're not worried about we'll that. We'll just rewatch uh, the two-lane game. Uh, you know, you and I have both been covering – we've known Tajay Spears since he was a freshman in high school. Yeah, no, right, right. And Hank Terry told me about, and, and, about Tajay Spears a long time ago.
1: And I mean, look, it's especially. full confession – I found out about Tajay Spears because we went to go see T.J. Franklin. And at T.J. Franklin's game, I went, oh, my God, Finlay. this running back is the best player on the field. T.J. Finley, I'm sorry. Yeah. This, right. This running back is the best player on the field. And then, sure enough, yes. Um, that. And actually, I went to one game where they played Covington, and I went, yeah. this Edgerton Cooper kid is unbelievable. I know. Now he's starting for Texas A&M. Right. And, and you see it, Yes. So, look, that, to me, that's the beauty of covering high school football is sometimes uh, guys you don't expect to open your eyes and then Tajay Spears turns out to be that guy. And look, the day before the game, Brooke had done a sit-down with Tajay Spears, which lasted like, it was like over four minutes, which for us is like a gone with the wind story. Right. Before, before. And Tajay Spears talked about dealing with depression and just all kinds of real stuff with no ego involved and he was just great it was i got texted brooke when it aired and i said that might have been my favorite story we've done this entire football season and it was a great story and then, of course the next day he's over 200 yards so for all those things it, it, it was so much fun um and, and I'm, I'm so glad we sent a reporter and a photographer there to document it. You know, we had Willie Fritz on the field after the game. We had Tajay Spears in a one-on-one with Brooke on the field in a five o'clock news that they reported at 4:15. So they're like slamming it together and they fed it to me and it got to me literally two minutes before it aired and I got to turn it around and attach it. And so, and then it, and it was great on air. So it was one of those days where like it was frenetic and difficult and everything worked out great. And and the game was unbelievable to watch. It was just, it, uh, until Monday Night Football, it was that kind of day where everything everything was sunshine.
0: So what Doug Mouton is saying is, if you missed any of this, you should go back and go to WWLTV.com. That is the website, right? Yes, yes. You, w- you, w- what w- Doug you know, is saying.
1: Your story was, was excellent. Brooke did a great job with that. And I'm, my guy, Adam, that works with me, edited it. And it's beautiful. I mean, it's a good-looking story, and it's super interesting, and it's not the kind of stuff you normally hear from a college athlete. And Page's at a different level in a lot of ways. And, yeah, to see him go like, look, there are guys you just pull for. And like I said, Justin Jefferson was always one of those guys for me at Destrehan and then LSU. Um, he made one of the great high school plays I've ever seen at Mandeville to knock him out of the playoffs oh, um, yeah. on, a, on a botched extra point. And They're just guys that whatever they do, for however long they do it, um, you just get a smile. And Tajay Spears is going to be one of those guys for the next 10 years.
0: There's a reason why Doug Mouton is one of the the best sports directors in the state because nobody knows how to – like kind of just plug his stuff without without even trying at to plug it. That.
1: That's one thing I'm terrible at is self-promotion. I'm not good at posting
0: pictures well, of you, myself I saying, think you just look, it's
1: me at this game. Like I always feel like my no, friends are Not you. Like it's,
0: it's your company. You, you're doing it. I, I don't mind saying
1: something nice about Brooke's story. You'll rarely hear me say it about anything I do, but I, I don't oh, mind. That's one. My people. Yeah.
0: I don't think you or I could, you know, talk great about anything we do. I mean, I can't.
1: Well look let me just tell one quick story. This is my favorite please story T V, right? Okay. So before my son has autism, so I got out of sports for a while and was a news reporter, so I could be off at nights when my kids were little. And it was a great move. So I was Channel 4's North Shore Bureau person for about five years and I pretended to be a news reporter and I did the best I could. But I one day know. This is not long after Katrina. It's probably oh eight or oh they They're rebuilding the bridge in Biloxi. And yeah, it's a big story. And so I'm out there covering the bridge, and they said, Look, you can shoot stand And bridge isn't done yet. You can shoot stand ups on top of the bridge. But as long as you're on top of the bridge, you got to wear the hard hat. And, I'm, you know, the big, funky, yellow hard hat. I don't know how that's going to help you if you fall off a bridge, but you got to wear it. It's just a construction rule. And so I'm debating, you know, this is a unique shot that you're not going to get anyway. but I put this hard hat on? And, and I said, yeah, I guess I got to. But I knew what was going to happen. Okay, so I do the story, and it, it airs. And the story is on TV. And the story is like a minute 45, and in the middle of the story is me in this hard hat saying blah, 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 right? We call that a stand-up. It's the part of the right. story that I'm actually in. And so I'm doing this stand-up with the hard hat on. And before my story had even ended, so in the next 45 seconds, I get a text from my friend Craig that says, when you woke up this morning, did you think, how can I look like the biggest idiot? Because if that's what you did, mission accomplished. Like, not, like literally, before that's the story phenomenal. was over, within 45 seconds, Craig had texted me to tell me I looked like an idiot with the hard hat on. That's phenomenal. So, yeah, so to me, that is always like my grounding. That I always think, should I post this picture of myself at a ball game? And I think no, because Craig is going to text me and say I look like a self-promotional
0: idiot. Oh, you so, still should. You still. So sure I don't know, but should.
1: I say so I, I don't. Sometimes I say, all right, bring it on, Craig. I'm ready for it. But then sometimes I just don't because I I don't want to be that guy, and so I'm over. Goofy. All right. I know that
0: was a goofy let's see, story. Let's see, Doug. I'm from the West Bank, and you and, and you don't know how... Well, I mean, you've been around a couple of them, but you don't know how brutal my friends can be, so I just don't care anymore. No, I well, mean, I try not to care. Well... My they friends, say are, whatever they want. My
1: friends are brutal at a different level. I will say that. Look, I'm from New Orleans East, so I'm guessing oh, it's oh, probably yeah, not mold.
0: that much difference. Yeah. yeah, same old, that and Chomet, and it's all, yeah. we're all the same same stuff. I'm it's guessing true. it's not
1: that much difference, but if I get stupid self-promotional, well, I,
0: mine use I'll wait for words, the idiot is- text. Yeah, yeah mine use bad words. They're probably the only difference. The yeah, way. well, the, I, I, yeah, maybe. I mean, mine, I mean, the words aren't always clean. Well, it's a craft with these guys. I mean, yeah. it, it really is. So I'm, Yeah, for me, like, I
1: better not ever think that I matter in any way. But I will say this: like, if you said something bad about me and, you know, they don't know you, like, if you said something bad about me, they'd come at right. you with some venom. But I just better not say it. Anything well
0: good about myself. You know what I mean? Uh, and I would never say anything bad. No, I'm
1: saying that they would back me up if there was a problem, but don't don't
0: ever think that you mean something. That's New Orleans bad. versus West Bank. The, coming up Friday on Datitude. Rumble <laughs> on the levee, baby. Yeah, oh. no, Rumble. Right. But if we, we go back have- to being 11, we're in. Oh, yeah. Bob, well, what I like that for just a couple days. I'd, I'd actually. <laughs> I'd actually I'd fight somebody if I could go back to being eleven for a really? day, I just, just once. If I did it now, you know, I was j- joking around with, with with a friend of mine last night, and I'm like, "You want to, you know, you want to go dance?" He's like, "Oh yeah, I've been practicing my." This this dude's like thirty something years old. I'm like, "I've been practicing my kickbox," and I'm like, "I meant no, like dosi do dance." I mean, <laughs> you would kick my ass and you'd kill me if we. Oh, wanted yeah. I mean, you could like look at me and like flick me over with the back of your hand. I ain't, <laughs> Anybody at my age, I'm oh jeez, yeah, old and slow. I got a life size picture of that. Yeah, I'm fragile. As big <laughs> as fat as I am, I'm fragile. All right, <laughs> let's get back to sports. Uh, all right, we we I, before I leave Tulane, I do want to talk about Willie Fritz because I think you know it. it I, I have um, I have a cousin who lives um, in Statesboro, Georgia. Okay, and her and her then husband, when when Willie Fritz decided he was coming to Tulane. They were so mad at Tulane because they loved him at Georgia Southern, and they said, you guys have no idea what you're getting. This guy is not just a phenomenal coach, but he's an awesome human being, and we are going to miss him more than any. You guys got a gem. And, you know, he came this close to leaving, Doug, this close to leaving. But the character of the guy, because he wanted to stick it out of Tulane, and he knew that the only way he could stick out this season was to stay and to pass up the other job opportunities. And I think it paid off for him in the end.
1: Yeah. Well, look, and for what it does for recruiting for what it does for everything, I agree. And look, I got, I couldn't agree more with anything good. You have to say about Willie Fritz. And look, he's a guy that just does it the right way. He does everything the right way. Um, and the, a few of the things he did this year, um, one, he's got two terrific coordinators and, and, but what he did, uh, among the things he did well, was the transfer port. And look, Lincoln Riley did the same thing at Southern Cal. The oh, thing I remember about Southern Cal, they were this close to getting into the college football playoff. I know and what i they played with him and beat him. Um, Willie Fritz did a super nice job of playing the edges of his team with the college football Portal with the with the transfer portal. He didn't blow up the middle of his team. His team is still built on high school recruits, but he played the edges. He found where he needed help. He got guys like Lawrence Keats, who has been a terrific player, not his primary wide receiver, but a guy that can be the third receiver and a and a return man. Uh, He played his edges with the transfer portal, which I think is the way to do it. You blow up the middle of your team. Sometimes that can hurt chemistry and all the guys building towards it but he sort of played the edges filled in where they were weak and Tulane's got a talented team Tulane you saw him against Kansas State you saw him against Southern Cal Tulane can play with the big teams and it's because they probably have five or six or seven NFL players on that team it's not a team that overachieved in the sense that they have talent and he put it together sort of slowly and got there and he does it in an unsexy way. He's not running some super innovative crazy new offense. He just does everything the right way and, and he built and he got it there and there is no reason when you look ahead the next year, they're going to lose some pieces. There's no reason they can't be a very good team going forward. I don't know if they can going to be this good. But they're going to be a very good team going forward in the next few years.
0: Last question on Tulane. Had I asked you on some on, let's say, August the 27th, if, if, what would you give the odds of Tulane not only winning yeah. a New Year's Six Bowl, but also beating during the regular season a team that would be in a New Year's Six Bowl? Yeah, yeah, no, those kind of odds.
1: No, look, and I actually did um, a, a show preseason. I said I was positive Tulane would go to a bowl. I thought they could win seven games in the regular season. I thought they would be as good or better than any Willie Fritz team. But to think they would be this good is crazy. Michael Pratt took a major step forward, and look, he's coming back to Tulane. I've already seen his name on list. Of NFL draftable quarterbacks, yep. so he's not real high on the list right now, but he's on the list right now, which he wasn't a few months ago. No, Tulane is was significantly more talented than I expected them to be. And anybody who says they saw this coming, I think would have, unless it's Willie Fritz or somebody in that building. Well, Willie I,
0: Fritz didn't see that either,
1: and I don't think even he saw it. No, I look, I thought they would go to a bowl game, and I said that, and I thought they could win seven games and get to a bowl. At the, as good as any Willie Fritz team, but to think they would be this good is absurd, And but they're legit, and I'm so curious where they're going to finish. I think LSU and Tulane both finish in the top 12 or so,
0: which is a phenomenal football season, considering where both of them start. No question, and you know what's going to be super fun about 2023 in the college football landscape is, you know, you talk about Michael Pratt, but Michael Pratt and Jaden Daniels are both going to be no on the watch list going on in next year. And, you know, there are some haters out there. We're just going to ignore the haters because you need to, like, bury your head in a hole somewhere and make it so there's no air can get in. That, that's yeah. what you need to do. If you're still hating on Jane Daniels, that's the kind of thing you need to do. But moving on to LSU, this kid, uh, to me, the the future with Brian Kelly, is similar to what Willie Fritz has done, but to me, it, it's – I know it's weird to say because it's LSU, but what he has done to – to take the mess that uh, – God love Ed Ogeron. Mm-hmm. I mean, God love him. He's a wonderful human being. But to take the mess that he was left from Ed Ogeron and to turn this thing around and to make it to where – LSU is a legit playoff contender next year. No question. And has has a, a quarterback and, and a set of players, and who knows who's going to come in and make this team special – but this team is going to be something fun to watch next year. The transformation from the Florida State game to yesterday is – you can't even I – mean, you can't even quantify it.
1: Yeah, well, yeah, and to me that's what makes LSU season so special. Tulane was – started out the season. Look, they went to Kansas State and won. They were, they were a really good team early. LSU was terrible early. Even when they were winning their early SEC games, like the Mississippi State game – Right, people look good. I mean, they, they stumbled they, into victory, they stumbled through them, they barely oh, got through, they, they almost lucked their way through. I have never seen one team make get so much better at the college football level over the course of a season. And look, I'll say this too like, okay, the way Brian Kelly came in, he had incredible mystery on his roster, and then you throw in this transfer portal, which really nobody knows how to operate or run right. or what's gonna happen, right. Brian Kelly, with, without over-exaggerating this, had as much unknown at the end of August on his team as any coach at a major college school has had in the history of college football. The amount of unknown was, th- was through the roof. We didn't know who, who was playing anywhere. He didn't even know his own team. And to, to galvanize that, into the product that he put out against Ole Miss and Alabama and and what he turned that team into. Like I said, Tulane is a great story, like a story for the ages. But the LSU story is really good too. Like there's a lot of meat on that bone that is incredible What Brian Kelly pulled off at LSU. And then by the end of the year, you're looking at the talent and the young talent, that wide receiver core and Mason Taylor and and,
0: and,
1: and Jaden Daniels, who has absolutely put himself on the NFL radar coming back now, knowing the offense, starting from where he ended this game and the Alabama game. Absolutely, if LSU doesn't start the season in the top seven, then who's ever voting is It'll wrong. The top five. They probably sure they will. I mean, they have to be. Um, LSU absolutely has immediate Brian Kelly's immediately put LSU in a national championship hunt, which is what That's the original question. goal was. It took him half a year to get his team good enough to beat Alabama. And you saw the Alabama get team in the sugar Bowl. That Alabama team was good enough to be in the playoff. And LSU was good enough to play with them. And he did that in half a year that the job he did. And, and granted, I'm, I'm judging him on half a year uh, well, on one year, but the job he did in year one was beyond any positive expectation. You, any reasonable
0: person should have had for you Is that quite as quick, but, I, I don't you think, Doug, and uh, you could. This can sound outlandish if you wanted to, but I know the the improvement of Joe Burrow from junior yeah. year to senior. Going into Joe Burrow senior, year, no one. I mean, Joe Burrow was like projected to be like a sixth round draft pick, I think, when the season started.
1: I, look, I'll, yeah. I'll say this too. CBS did a the week before the college football season started. The the week before that, CBS does like a one hour SEC preview show. And in that show, they talked about like the five great quarterbacks in the SEC. Right. And it was Kellen Mond and others. Right. Right. Joe Burrow was not mentioned. He right. was not among the best five or six quarterbacks. He wasn't even mentioned in the, here's some great quarterbacks in the SEC this year. And there was no mention of Joe Burrow. And then he came out
0: of nowhere. And uh, so that kind of leads into my point where, and, and don't laugh, people that are listening to this podcast. You can send me nasty emails at com, or you can tweet me up at Jim Derry Jr. I got to get that in once a show. Anyway, so there you go. When I say the following, I think Jaden Daniels has a potential, potential to be a similar quarterback to Jalen Hurts.
1: Oh, and look, he's got – look. I-
0: I'm a Heisman Trophy voter. And when I
1: got to the – and then everybody the, – the way the season ended was crazy. And I'm thinking, look, I, I need my Heisman Trophy quarterback. you got to play the best in the biggest games. And, look, Bryce Young was on my ballot, but he was not number one because in the two biggest games of the year he got outplayed by Jaden Daniels and he got outplayed by Hendon Hooker. I mean, by all numbers you look at, both of those quarterbacks were like 75 points better in the college football quarterback rating and you they lost into the game. west
0: coast bias and voted for caleb williams i, I
1: did the, well look I, you watch caleb williams against tulane and tell me he's not i mean the way his calm in the pocket and the way he got things done i i thought caleb i did i have caleb williams was first of my battle, night and i stand That's by him his numbers are spectacular what he did i mean when when Southern Cal lost, it was never his fault. When you saw that defense against Tulane, Lincoln Riley has never really believed in playing defense, and his team. Put, There's no
0: doubt about that.
1: But it was not. It, it was not Caleb Williams. Caleb Williams was phenomenal all year. But what, my point is, when I got to looking at at legitimate Heisman Trophy candidates. Man, Jaden Daniels was absolutely on the periphery of being a candidate for me. He wasn't quite there yet. And look, Tajay right. Spears, but still, I thought about putting Tajay Spears third on my ballot. And, and it's actually then I thought it might just be too much of a homer. Home or- and and yeah, I did, and I didn't do that. But but you look at his numbers and what he did for Tulane, you you almost could make a case. And after seeing the ball game, like maybe I should have. But um, Jaden Daniels was close to being at that level is a long way to get to this point he was close to being at that level this year when he's still learning things and still right. getting there he's gonna start next year at that level he's gonna start next year as one of the five elite quarterbacks of the nfl and if he can make any kind of improvement he is absolutely immediately in every talk for a Heisman Trophy or whatever you want to talk about. Now, obviously, he's got to do it. We haven't started the season yet. But at the start of the season, if they do Heisman odds, if he's not on the list, that's not a good list because he's on that list in the the first batch of guys heading into next
0: year. If he makes the same kind of improvement from the Florida State game to the Purdue game (sighs) next year from game one to whatever bowl game slash playoff game they play on, there is no question in my mind that he's going to be one of the top three or four. Yeah, I mean, he's, I mean, look, watch that Alabama game. I mean,
1: the things he does right, and look, early in the year, if you were criticizing him, you weren't wrong. He was running too much. He looked right. unsure. So, and Brian Kelly would say that he would say he's got to. You know, we're, we're still learning. You know, when to throw it and when to keep it. Sure, he, but look, and he I, still I, is kind Miss, of. What's that? He's still oh, for so sure. Kind of. Sure, and look, watch the Ole Miss game, and yeah. Almost every decision he made was the right decision. And as he gets closer to that, he's elusive, and he's quick, and he's fast. When he runs, it's never a bad thing. But you also see him now. Look, the the, the 32-yarder to Mason Taylor is a great example because Mason Taylor was certainly not his first option. He bought some time. He gave it maybe one extra beat to see if a receiver was open before running which is something he wasn't doing early in the year and then he finds mason taylor and let that dude do the work for you so just that play shows you growth because it wasn't is he open okay i'm running i hate to say it that's i call that archie manning football you know the, the in the early the days of archie manning oh, yeah. one read you know if the guy's open throw it. if the guy's not open run it And Daniels did a lot of that early in the year. Now he's playing more like a quarterback, but a quarterback who can be incredibly special when he's running it, too.
0: There aren't a lot of quarterbacks from back when we were kids that would be good today. In fact, I would say there are probably only three or four that could even start today. That's how bad. Well, the game's changed so much. Yeah, but could you? Do you know how good Archie Manning would uh, be? Yeah, I was just about to
1: say, I said, Archie Manning's not one of them. Because Archie Manning today would probably be God, he Archie Manning. Archie Manning, when he's being protected. First of all, Archie Manning was a big dude. I mean, Archie wow. Manning not a little, skinny, frail quarterback. Oh, Archie Manning wrong. was a big dude who ran over people. Um, And incredibly athletic. Nimble on his feet. Josh Allen. Yes. Yes. He was yeah, Josh and, and, Allen. Josh Allen I mean, maybe no. a little more nimble and a look. Josh Allen's like a like a defensive yeah. end. Archie Manning was maybe more like a linebacker.
0: Like he wasn't no, quite like, as huge. No, but, but like, like today nimble. he might he might be today though. The, the, oh yeah, today, yes. You know today, when you yeah, eat a few more steaks like they no. eat, today, you know whatever it is. Yeah, the the they they eat, hey, these guys out now.
1: Yeah, no, you're right. Yeah. I mean, Archie like, Manning yeah. is killed for today's era and not the era he played in. Because back then you could literally you could just maul people and Archie Manning would get mauled at a oh, level. Closely. Yeah. Yeah. Just 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 yeah, just horribleness that he dealt with. But uh yeah, why well, just
0: it, go look just go look at the sizes of the Saints starting offensive linemen back in nineteen seventy eight. Uh and before that, I mean, you had guys that were like six two 260 were your left tackle. Right. I mean, yeah, Yeah, now you don't see I couldn't even play Division II college left tackle now. Right. Now you don't see that Louisiana high school football. Speaking of Archie Manning and going towards the Saints, you know, I didn't do a Derry's Dime this morning because all that was going on. So let's talk about the Saints, and I have to give my input here. And my Derry's Dime can be pretty concise. And here it is. And you can answer the question. You're right. Oh, you're
1: teasing this thing big time. Where the hell has this team been all year? <laughs> that's, well, yeah, almost where they've been for the last two years. We 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 see it. Uh, yeah, look, that's a, that's a great question. But but they're here. It took a little while. Um, I, I Look, I think the one thing that the wind streak has done, it, it sort of solidifies, and we had kind of gotten to the point where we knew this anyway, that Dennis Allen obviously will be the coach. Oh, yeah,
0: that, the, that was the chief.
1: Well, look, I I do think it was definitely not written in stone after the Pittsburgh game and then not again after the Tampa game. Look, there was definite – the questions were absolutely out there, and it was not written in stone then. But, look, you finish – you got three straight wins. You've won four of the last six, and and one of those losses was Tampa that you should have won. I mean, you're obviously a pretty good football team. You have figured out who you are. Um, and look, maybe Dennis Allen's figured out something about how to run a team and, and how to hold a team accountable and how to do things right. And, and you see new guys emerging. Um, I mean, on defense, Caden Ellis, Carl Granderson, Alante Taylor, you got different guys stepping up. Um, you know, on offense, Rashid Shaheed. Where the hell did this guy come from? They've been looking for wide receivers for five years. They found a guy at Weber State. Um, who's as, here's the thing about Rashid Shahid, because that's what I'm saying this, like I do a stuff on the touch screen where I actually go through AP images. Right. So I'm looking for pictures, right? And the thing about Rashid Shahid, and of course it's these phenomenal still photographers who are getting these unbelievable shots during the game and every shot of Rashid Shahid. And you don't see this at a broadcast or, or even at a game, every shot of Rashid Shahid, that's a close-up shot. He's like this.
0: Like he's I know,
1: got really, really. A shot of yeah. in the game making a catch, he's like this. They can't. They can't like, see you, Doug. They can't see this. He's got a giant smile oh, on. There, his you face. Go, there you go. Every shot of him, like he is playing with this relaxed, fun attitude. Like I, like I asked Andy Dalton about him last week. I was like, Have you ever seen a, a like a kid from a small college? Like how crazy is this? That's just so like. At ease. Like a
0: bear man. He's like the so
1: man. relaxed. Well, I but I don't know if Mike I don't know if Michael Lewis always had a huge smile on his face. But like these close up shots of him like Maybe in not. full sprint. He's in full sprint. Like going, you know, the, one of the fastest players in the NFL. Yeah. He's in full sprint and he's got a big smile on his face. <laughs> which is wouldn't you like, if you could run like that? Well, but it tells me something about his
0: mindset, obviously. I think Tyreek Ty no, Hill is probably always running with a yeah, smile on his face. And, Look how fast I yes, am, I guess. What, I mean.
1: what, He is playing with a moxie that, that I didn't understand until I saw the still photos of him. I mean, it's a comical smile. It's almost like he's posing you know, and as <laughs> he's running 23 miles an hour. Yeah, it's right. crazy watching him. Anyway, so that's that that's been one of my favorite emergences of the last and look, the way Carl like I said, Carl Grandison and Caden Ellis have been terrific. You're gonna have to make a bunch of a bunch of salary choices and what you're gonna do. And the one thing is you gotta start taking shots in the draft at quarterbacks. I'm gonna start you think I well, you gotta start. Look, the only shot they've taken in the draft in the last seven or eight years is Ian Book in the third round. And look. Obviously, that was a shot that you oh, didn't don't work.
0: forget about. This. What's his name? Grayson. What was his name? Yeah, well, that was like eight years ago. Yes, Garrett Grayson. Garrett and that was Grayson. a 4 too. And look, but
1: that's my point. You're going to miss from now on, going forward. You're going to take shots in the draft every year until you find the guy, and you're going to do some missing. it. Ask Buffalo. How many times did they miss before they hit Josh Allen? Hell, the Jets are still throwing darts. Cleveland out a window. You're right. you you got to, but Bears. when you find that guy, oh. then you can win a Super Bowl. When, when you're Kansas City or Buffalo and you've found that guy, then you, the Saints have got to take shots. And they haven't taken enough shots on quarterbacks. Obviously, they had Drew Brees. They didn't need to. But now's the point. And, and it doesn't, look, a first-round shot would be great, but... Second, third round, no, nothing later than the third. So, man, I'm going to be deep diving into every quarterback, and I love the UCLA quarterback, Dorian Thompson-Robinson, who's like a third rounder. He's a good dart throw. I don't know if he's going to be a great NFL player, but he's got a lot of tools to work with. Like, like you got to start taking shots at guys in the first three rounds, and let's see what we get. Because you're not going to win a championship until you find your next quarterback.
0: Look at Doug Mouton spinning things positive. We don't spin things positive here on the Datitude podcast. I've mean, well, been fun to watch the last few weeks. Right, be fun to watch, but it pisses me off. I uh, mean, yes, yeah, I, I don't. With, with, you know, with you know, you don't win back-to-back games right. all year long. Right. You and didn't. know It doesn't make, make a goddamn, right. goddamn bit of difference. And now, you, now you're going to play football. You didn't, it, you didn't. grow up in the seventies. Like you appreciate. Yes, I did.
1: I know. That's what I'm saying. You got a too short of a memory. You are. You are. Pre- Look, when the
0: Saints win, it's good. I remember, I remember Mike Lansford. I- what's that? I remember Mike Lansford, for God's sake? Sure. Barefooted, footed so started at quarterback. Sure. Yeah. Yeah,
1: you need, look, the Saints win. It's good. I mean, for me, I'm happy when they win, period. That's it. You win and I'm happy. And they've won three straight. You've got some optimism. It's a long offseason. we got some positives to talk about. Um, I, look, this is a lost season and and if you okay. thought the transition from Sean Payton and Drew Brees you weren't get there wasn't going to be some mud to walk through you were probably being a little deluded and I probably was too but okay. obviously they had some mud to walk through and they took a couple of steps but it looks like I'm seeing some some more positive
0: signs two things All two right, things follow. here two things here is what's going to be the lasting image okay. of this GD Saints team here. Here's what's going to piss me off more than anything. Okay, so they beat Cleveland and Philadelphia on the road. And I don't care that Jalen Hurts didn't play. They played their asses off. I'm not sure it would have mattered if Jalen Hurts played the way they played defense the other day, uh, Sunday. It. I don't. I really don't think it would have mattered. So here's the thing. The Saints fight back. I've been talking all year about how I foolishly bought into and put my biggest future bet probably that I've ever made on the Saints winning more than seven and a half games because it was a fait accompli before the season was over. There was no doubt on my mind every media genius in New Orleans said there's no way they're not going to win more than seven and a half games. I bought into it, and I like spent my hard-earned money and put it in there. This is going to be free money come January the 9th. So then I gave up. I'm like, okay, well I'm gonna lose that money. Now these sons of bitches have reeled me back in. They've got seven wins. They need one more no win. Sam
1: Darnold. Right.
0: They gotta beat Sam Darnold in a game that these dumbasses in Carolina also did the same thing and choked their season away. And you know what's gonna happen on Sunday.
1: The Saints are gonna Come win. On, by tell, dance?
0: tell me I'm wrong.
1: I, I think you're wrong. But 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 now, if it goes the other way, I'm going to text you because it's just funny now. Uh, no, it's look, not funny. Playing, it pisses me off. The Saints are playing well right now. I think the Saints have been something. I think they finished strong because uh, it means something to Dennis Allen to finish strong. I think, look, it's, like, it's almost like a bowl game, right? Where, where who cares more? And I think the Saints care for a lot of reasons. I agree um, and, with and that. Dennis Allen needs to care. And... In a bowl game, you bet on the team that cares more. Like, LSU cared more than Purdue. LSU was already two touchdowns better, but they cared more, so they win by 50. Um, I think the Saints care more than Carolina. Carolina's blowing the thing up no matter what anyway, and everybody in that building knows it. Um, The Saints are not, and they're hoping to build something, and I think the Saints care more and they win like you would see in in a, you know, in, in the music city bowl. This game is the is the okay. music city bowl. Well that's actually that, part- not even that good of a bowl. It's the bowl with the Mid American Conference nice. six and six team against the Sun Belt six and six team. Or so- USA six and sixteen. That's what this that's what the Saints Panthers game is. It's the it's the forty second bowl
0: game. It's you know how Cheese It is sponsored what is like the generic version of Cheese It? I don't know, like Norton's all-purpose it's sandpaper K- is sponsoring K- this B- It's the K and B Cracker Bowl. Shit, <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah. Just K, you know, you'd go buy the K and B crackers because your mom would sure. not want to buy a premium. You'd come on with me. K and B gin, K and B beer. There, yeah. was K&B, there really was K&B K B. No, beer. Google K&B
1: gin. It's in a purple bottle. We used to have it at my house all the time as a kid. Okay,
0: it's the K&B gin bowl. <laughs> That's what this week is, all right? It's the Maybelline yeah. Moisture Whip Lipstick Bowl. Yes. It's funny you say Maybelline because, you know, we talk about Aunt Mabel on show all the show. That's a whole different there story. You go. <laughs> all right. Now, so I've got past that point, okay? But here's the here is the, here's Derry Down a <laughs> part two rant, Okay. I I can't let it go. I can't. 16-3, to Doug. I I can't let it go. They win that Monday night game at Tampa. They're going to the damn playoffs. You know know. what? The way they're playing right now, who the hell knows? Dallas is going (laughs) to be world-beater.
1: Especially especially in round one, as a four-seed at home. Absolutely they could beat any of the wild card teams. Dallas. They they Dallas. Dallas and knock Dallas out. How much fun would that be? That would literally be yeah,
0: whatever the hell happened after that, who cares? They right, beat that right. That would <laughs> make this whole season worthwhile. I, I Yeah, know. I know. I know, I know, I know, I know. Yes, I uh, agree. Um a little that's, the, that's
1: the one at the end of the season, at the end of all the misses. Because look, they could have beaten Cincinnati, they could have beaten Minnesota, but those were also even games and really good quarterbacks on the other team, made plays in the final couple of minutes and beat them. I mean, Joe Burrow made more plays. Saints could have won both of those oh, games, and there's, there's a bunch of could have ones, but that yeah, well, Tampa game, more than any other, is the should have won and had won the Tampa game. See, maybe is
0: maybe I, I started this season with, 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 a, with, with weird karma because right before the season started, I had Jim Moore on the show. And all I can hear is coulda, woulda, shoulda. That's all. That's all I'm hearing yeah. from what you're saying. Yeah, it's, I know. Well, look, that's coulda, shoulda. You're a pretty
1: good team that's not in the playoffs. That's what you have. You have coulda, woulda, shoulda. When you have a pretty good team that's
0: not in the playoffs, that's who you are. They're not a rudderless ship, but they're a broken rudder ship. How's that? The Saints.
1: Yeah. Oh, well,
0: I, I do feel like they
1: repaired the rudder, and, and the rudder's in better shape now than it three
0: games? A, you think the, no, the it, rudder not is three. repaired?
1: it's not three. It's not three. I would disagree with that. It's six. The low point to me is the Pittsburgh game. Pittsburgh game was just a disaster. They looked like a team that didn't care. And after the Pittsburgh game is when I thought Dennis Allen's time in New Orleans was going to be up. And that's when the repair started, and that's when you got the win over the, the terrible Rams team. I get that, but that was a get-right game. And then you played really well for 57 minutes against Tampa, and and then you, they actually played really well against San Francisco. And I'm not sure I've ever seen a game when a team couldn't get a break like that one. They lost 13 nothing. They played I terrific agree. defense. They fumble, and then they had a chance to recover the both, both fumbles and couldn't. And and it was frustrating. But they but they were not the rudderless they team. They were the better before. team that day. What's that? They were the better team that day. They were the better team against Tampa. They didn't win those games. And then the last three they won. To me, it's a it's a you know, a six-game run where they've been a pretty good team. They're four and two in the last six. And and the four they won, they won. And so to me, it's this is a you don't go on a six-game run and call it a fluke. I mean, it's a six-game run. I think they finished strong. Talking about seven games, talking about Almost half of a season, they've been on a really solid run, and it took them a while to figure it out, and and they've gotten there. And, yeah, look, I mean, you, you know me. I mean, I'm always going to look at the more positive side. Yes, I'm yeah, always that's why I have you on. You more optimistic have you on. than I should be. But to me, you go on a seven-game run. If you finish strong, that means something. Whether, you, whether Jim Derry wants to admit it or not, a seven-game run is not
0: insignificant. Here's what I'll admit. If they go into next season with Andy Dalton as the starting quarterback, I will, first of all, there are going to be people who are not going to listen to this show. Yeah. Because I'm going to be, I haven't used this word on, on the air, and I, I really, I try to stay away from words like this, but there's no other way to put it. I'm going to be an asshole on this show. Huh. If they go into the next season. And so sure I like Dalton, you. Uh, yeah, I know it is. It really is. I'm usually a nice, calm, peaceful guy. My wife says I'm like super nice. <laughs> that ain't true. Okay, so but but here's the thing not only that, I will bet a week's paycheck on the Saints under future if they go into next season with Andy Dalton as their all right counterpoint, sure. Okay, go ahead, go ahead. Look at what look at what Pittsburgh
1: did this year. All right, Pittsburgh Steelers look, Mike Tomlin is a spectacular NFL coach for his record of
0: best two or three quarter coaches in in the NFL. No
1: question, Mike Tomlin. In a very similar position as the Saints are now, they they lost their uh, you know franchise, uh, longtime quarterback. How do we rebuild? Okay, so he yeah. he goes out and drafts. He throws a dart at Kenny Pickett, but but you know what else after he did after the Saints pick, by the way. You know what else? You know what else he did? He went out and signed Mitchell Trubisky, who was the best quarterback he could find in free agency. Right. And I, I, I'm guessing if you would talked to him off the record, he would have said. Yeah, it's the best guy out there. Like Mitchell Trubisky started the season as Pittsburgh's quarterback. They gave Kenny Pickett at least a little time. And if you watch Kenny Pickett this past week, he looks legit. And Pittsburgh has got an arrow up on the trending sign. And he's found his quarterback. My point is, I would, my hope is the Saints follow that model, draft a quarterback, and if, if you're not starting that quarterback in week one, that's okay. The Pittsburgh model is you don't throw Kenny Pickett to the Wolves yet. Let's let Mitchell Trubisky play half a year or, you know, 40% of six, seven games. Let's get our rookie ready. So I think it is possible that Andy Dalton starts the year next year. But if you have drafted a rookie quarterback and if he's waiting and clearly working up to him, I'd be okay with it. that's where I think you're wrong if Andy Dalton starts the year but you now if, if Andy Dalton starts the year and you have not drafted a quarterback, I'm all in with you I agree but if Andy Dalton starts the year and you have got your Kenny pickett sort of getting up to speed, then I'm okay with it. agree or disagree
0: um what's I mean, you struggle? see the logic though right oh I see the logic okay what's the you don't always see logic disagree? what's that What's a stronger word than disagree without being uh, – I've already used my, my one cuss word. Yeah, you, I've you, actually you, used you. a couple of them. But uh, So I'm not going to say another one. But, well, but look, I don't know uh, who better is out there in the age right. world. He, here's the he, – I, I don't know. The Saints can't afford anyone. The, the, here's the difference between the Steelers of 2022 and the Saints of 2022. And then I'll talk about 2023 in a second. The Steelers of 2022 had zero expectations going into the season. No one expected, no Steelers fan thought they would have a winning season. Mike Tomlin didn't think they'd have a He's like, this is the year my streak gets broken. We're going to have a losing season. But then he's so damn good of a coach, he's found a way to keep this team relevant. Kenny Pickett was better than they, they thought he would be. So they didn't care if they threw Mitch Trubisky to the wolves. You're right. They, all right, well, they had to put Kenny Pickett in because... Trubisky is that bad we all knew that so they threw they finally threw Kenny Pickett into the wolves guy turned out to be a great quarterback so here's the point they knew they were gonna suck and they they didn't suck the Saints knew they were gonna be good but they weren't good so now you have a quarterback so now you have to kind of go into the next year to me and Saints fans don't want to hear that this but you have to go into next year with the same mentality that Mike Tomlin went into 2022. You're gonna suck. This team is not going. I don't care that they've been good for six games. That doesn't change the future that this team is going in the wrong direction. If they win Sunday and win this bet, they go eight and nine. I almost hope, in a weird way, that they lose. If they go eight and nine, you're putting lipstick on a pig. This team is going – what's the movie? You're going in the wrong direction. You're going to kill someone. Stop now. They need to get rid of this quarterback situation. Winston needs to go. Dalton needs to go. Taysom is not a quarterback. He's staying on the team. He's getting paid. He does what he does well. Draft a quarterback. Find somebody else that you can take a risk on a free agency. I don't care what you do. But you got to rebuild this team, and it's got to start now.
1: Yeah, look, I agree with what you're saying. Look, this team got, has got a lot of – I mean, they got a huge uh, come to Jesus about, uh, about a lot of big contracts for aging players. And it's going to be a couple of years of getting your finances right. No more big contracts. If you can trade and get some value – for a couple of these giant contracts, I'm telling you right now, you're not getting any value for Mike Thomas at that number. No. <laughs> I love reading on Twitter trade Mike Thomas for a number one. It's like, okay, look at this it point.
0: That way, at right? this
1: point, That's not how it works. You, you, you'd have to give Mike Thomas and a six to get a seven, maybe, um, be because lucky. of the size of the contract, right? But but there are some big contracts that do have value you got to find value where it is, Try and, and, and just write out these contracts, and you're not going to be a Super Bowl contender until you have zeroed your counter and then start over. Look, Cincinnati did it the right way. They, they, they went to complete zero on their counter, yes. and then they had the most money to spend. They went out and got guys like Trey Hendrickson in free agency. They did this huge, and it coincided with getting lucky on Joe Burrow and bang, they're relevant. Um, The Saints are going to need to get their finances to zero so that they can become players in free agency again. I agree with that 100%. When I say, and look, you're not going to be good again until that rookie quarterback, when I say good, I mean Saints caliber Super Bowl good. You might sneak into the playoffs with this team because you almost did. but But that's not where you go. Yes, that's not where this team hopes to go. They hope to play championship Football. To play championship football, you got to draft a rookie quarterback, and he's got to get up to speed, which is going to take a couple of years. So you're at least a few years away, which is why you got to draft a rookie quarterback now to start that process. What I'm saying is while that guy's getting ready, somebody's going to have to play quarterback. And if for the first half of next year in an ideal situation like Pittsburgh played out, it's going to have to be somebody. And Andy Dalton is a better quarterback than Mitchell Trubisky.
0: Andy Dalton that won does. four
1: games in the last six. I'm not saying you're going to win a Super Bowl with Andy Dalton. I'm just saying while oh, you can get say the it. next quarterback ready, he might be as good as any option out there. And if it's Andy Dalton and he's a guy you know and you've won four out of six with him and you, you feel like he can be your guy to get you oh. to the next guy. He's not the next guy. He's the guy just to... Oh. Plug the gap until you get to the next guy, if that makes sense. And if, if, if he's the guy to do that and they've drafted a quarterback, I'm okay with
0: it. Did I, did I bring you on the show to give myself nightmares for the next? Well, look, oh. I, I'm telling you there's a
1: great chance it's going to happen because if you look at the available free agent, there's so. so not a lot out there. Um, they know this guy. They like him. I, again, I still – I to retire. I really do. You think so? I think he's retired. He's, he's 35 got, years old. He's got a he's lot, got lot of children. Out of him. And he's got a lot of children, and there's an NFL paycheck out there for, for him if he wants it because he has proven he is at least a solid NFL backup.
0: And a solid NFL backup can make. You don't so get funny. better when you're 35, Doug. What's that? You don't get better when you. I mean, we do. You don't get better. You don't get better. But you know hopefully he can hold
1: on to where he is now. They've won three in a row with him playing quarterback.
0: Yeah, that's almost the worst thing that could have happened. It really I, it's really close.
1: I, I get really your close. point. I get your point, but to me, to have a little look, after that Pittsburgh game, I'm saying they're going to be terrible for the next 5 years. You, now, uh, look, I'm seeing some pieces. I'm seeing um, Cesar Ruiz had a better year than any of us thought. Rasheed Shahid and Chris Olave look like legitimate weapons. Juwan Johnson yeah. needs to stop the drops. he's going to play running back? He can't be a player. Um, you've got Trevor Penning, who you gave up too much for. but going play think, running back? Oh, you got to find a running back. Oh, that's among the many holes. You've got to find a running back. you got to find another card. And you got to get rid of the
0: one you got, by the way.
1: Well, you might have to find two running backs, but that's why you need to stop trading away draft picks. Look, the one running back is the one position you can find a rookie that can play. You, you can fill that stop and fill that gap quickly at running back. You need some the defensive line has grossly underperformed this season, other than Cam Jordan and other than Carl Granderson of the last four weeks.
0: And does Cam Jordan want to stick around and watch this mess? Well, he's he's under contract for one more year. He
1: has he has no choice. But but look, and and as much as I love Cam Jordan, one of my favorite Saints players of all time. If you can get big value for him next season, he's a guy you have to seriously think about trading, just because of the the cap hit. I think he's twelve million next year. But but because you got to start building for the future, yes, you're gonna have to make decisions on a lot of guys. Cade Nellis showed stuff. Alante Taylor showed stuff. Um, I wow. I'm seeing some young pieces. I'm not saying this is teams anywhere near a championship team, but I'm seeing some reason that, like, oh, the the rebuild, I see some pieces that it started. You just have to go all in in this offseason on Young. If,
0: if there were a Sean Payton-type coach here, I would agree with you. They wouldn't. They'd probably only be – because Sean Payton came in in 2006, and granted, he – Look, even Sean Payton was, was, had the horseshoe st- stuck so far up his keister, I don't think he could even realize getting Drew Brees what that was doing. No one knew what they were getting in Drew Brees, inc- including Sean Payton. Yeah, no. I mean, he knew what he thought he was getting. So, but anyway, it took a lot more than Drew Brees to turn 2005 into 2006. Okay. Well,
1: I'll say this: I'm not convinced Dennis Allen's the guy. I'm just—he's—he's he's bought himself one year. The Saints are not going to win a Super Bowl next year. I'm talking about building towards four years from now. Who are the coaches four years from now? I have no idea. I mean, I'm not, it's not saying gonna it's out. Yeah, I'm—I'm in no way saying he's the guy. He's bought himself one year, and let's oh, wow. let's see what happens next year. I'm not even so blaming him. Year, the Super Bowl next year no matter what. It doesn't matter if Andy Dalton they're not finding a suit but I going to a Super Bowl next year. So, you saying if Andy Dalton quarterbacks,
0: look, next year is going to be The point we, is you're wasting this. You're wasting a year you're, by bringing a guy like Andy Dalton back. You're wasting a year of an inevitable not, rebuilding. You not have to not if you've football. also drafted a
1: rookie quarterback. Pittsburgh didn't waste a year by Starting the year with Mitchell Trubisky.
0: They did But the point is they're not gonna they're not gonna flip the switch and leave it. Andy Dalton plays just nothing enough. Okay. He doesn't hurt you, he doesn't help you. Okay. The difference between Mitch Trubisky and Andy Dalton is Mitch Trubisky is hot garbage who doesn't belong on an NFL roster. He is so bad that I don't care who your second string quarterback, whether it's a rookie or a fifty-two-year-old guy who is I don't know, an accountant could come in and not screw up your team like Mitch Trubisky is. Andy Dalton's not going to screw up your team. He's not going to help your team either. So they're not going to pull Andy Dalton. So you bring in Andy Dalton again, you're not going to pull Andy Dalton. That's the problem. It's going to take a whole year away from what this team needs to do, and it's completely tear up from the floor up. Start over. You can't do that with Andy Dalton because he's going to play 17 games. And maybe not, but either way,
1: if you're grooming, if you're grooming the next quarterback, if you're building the next guy up, it doesn't, it doesn't matter who's playing quarterback. Like who plays quarterback in week one next Hold year? On, I
0: hate to interrupt you, but my, my watch just started like spewing, I don't know what it, where it told, but it started spewing Mitch Trubisky numbers. Yeah. And, I mean, like out of the clear blue. I mean, so it, even my watch is agreeing with me, Doug. Stop okay. being so goddamn positive and, and I, just. I'm not. Like, I'm saying you, you got to
1: go is. get the next quarterback. But somebody has to play quarterback until you're right, the guy you draft. Play. Okay, so so who do you want it to be? If it's not Andy Dalton, it, it, it'll be Teddy Bridgewater. There. Okay. Be, that how is that infinitely better? How is that better at all? They're, like, those middle-of-the-road
0: backup quarterbacks are all about the same. Andy and he and- should be on a farm in Texas with his kids. I would disagree.
1: He I think he's good enough to have a job as an NFL backup. I think he is.
0: He's good enough to be a backup on a really good team. That's it. Yeah. The- if Andy Dalton were the backup for the Buffalo Bills or the Cincinnati Bengals yeah. or the Dallas Cowboys or well, something like what that, he, thought he was going to be here. Well, I, I don't disagree with that, but if I'm Andy Dalton, I don't even want to be a part of this crap show. Yeah, that's can, interesting. And I'm, yeah, that's taking, awesome. I'm taking it to defend him. I'm not. I'm not bash Andy Dalton. It's not his fault. He is who he is. He is. You can take. The stat line of Andy Dalton from a game in 2012 and 2022, and they're the same damn thing. He's been the same quarterback his entire career. No, I agree. I good? agree. And one
1: thing I've said is I see why those pretty good Cincinnati teams never won a Super Bowl. No, I get that. I get. Well, but who do you want to be quarterback? You want to just draft a rookie and throw him in there and
0: not have yes. any veteran quarterback? This team. Yeah, no, I think they need a veteran presence. But what I would like to see him do is actually, I'd like to see him draft two quarterbacks. And have a goddamn shootout all year long. Let them fight against each other. I don't care. This team isn't going anywhere. I get I mean, that, but I'm not sure that's best. I'm, I'm not sure he would have been a better
1: quarterback by sticking him in in week one. Well, I think there is really a certain in level of watching and getting smarter and understanding and then being overrated. Like week four? What's that? And when it's did it's any Pickett start? start? Like week Like week seven? four. Three or four. Or oh, was like it? Okay. All right. So you so said week one. What's the to yeah, what difference does it make? You sit on a bench I, for a few I, weeks. I, I, I mean? do think they're – look, Mike Tomlin decided letting
0: him watch for a month was the way to go. And I really think, obviously Tomlin think you thought he was gonna watch, I think Mike Tomlin thought Kenny Pickett was going to watch a lot longer than a month. You know, he had a lot more faith in Mitch Trubisky than, than, yeah, than maybe, maybe he his did. mama did.
1: Maybe he did. Well, look, everybody's had faith. I Mitch mean, Trubisky's the second pick in the draft. And honestly, I remember seeing him – at North Carolina, going,
0: really? All right.
1: I guess if that's what everybody says, they must be right.
0: I remember looking
1: year. at him going, really?
0: You know who's going to be the Saints quarterback next year? Because uh-uh. this dumpster fire can't, can't blow up any any hotter than it is right now. You know who's going to be the Saints quarterback next year? Uh-huh. Baker Mayfield. Oh, Jesus. Now, you see, I'd rather Randy Dahl. Yes. So would I. Yeah.
1: Um, uh, wait, and you say dumpster fire. Like they're likely going to finish eight and nine. Like, have you watched it's Denver this year? Like, that, like, that's a well. No, I, I, think, don't, you, I don't want it. are going should have dumpster you you can
0: fire is off. They're, you can they're, compare they're, compare they're dumpster fire.
1: But dumpster fire for a team that's basically five hundred. I mean, come on, Jim. That's not dumpster dumpster fire. Is are you kidding? You Denver. Denver is the dumpster fire of the NFL. The Saints are a little expectations, but.
0: I mean, hell, they're, like, that that's close exactly, to being that expectation. That's exactly the reason why winning these three games was probably the worst thing that could have happened because now you're thinking, oh, and and, and Joe Fan is going to say, oh, they're eating on. They're not that far away. Are you kidding me? They're the same damn team that played four weeks ago with the same coach who's coming back, and we don't know who's playing quarterback. They're the same Team, they're going to be the same team in August. Why are you have any confidence at all that this team is not going to be a dumpster fire again? No, I have confidence.
1: Eight and nine, I don't call a dumpster fire. So they come back next year, and they can be a little better. Eight they can be nine. nine and eight. Look, I don't think they're going to be good, Jim. I don't think they're going to – I think they're at least three or four years away if everything goes right from being a championship-caliber team again. I don't disagree with your fundamental point that they have a lot of work to do. But I don't think they're scrap heap getting there, and I do think they've got some parts that they can be pretty good getting there. I agree with the quarterback thing. I'm just saying what difference does it make who plays quarterback in the first month of the season if you're grooming the next guy? It doesn't matter if you start the run because you're not winning a Super Bowl next year no matter what. You're you're you have to start tearing down and building, but as you're tearing down, look, you've got a lot of big contracts. You can't just dump them all. That's not the way the salary cap structure I'm works.
0: Saying I understand that.
1: Like, I, I don't know what you're hoping for. Like, I am saying – My hope is that – It's not a dumpster fire. It's a, it's, a, it's a rough road of a mediocre team while you rebuild. I have no idea if Dennis Allen's the guy. I'm positive Andy Dalton's not the guy. But for next year in – what I guess would be year one of the rebuild. This was the year where you were trying to maintain and you did not next year. You're starting the rebuild, but you've got all these funky, huge overblown contracts to veterans and you're going to have to eat them. And you're not really going to be good until you start paying those off. So what happens in the meantime, I mean, I, it's, it's honestly sort of academic, you need to start taking shots at quarterbacks, try to get your next guy, and then be as good as you can while you build up. It's actually the Pittsburgh model, and Pittsburgh's gotten there a little quicker, and they they hope to
0: be in the hunt next year um, because they built question. it quicker than the Saints. Let me ask you this question. If you had been on this same show, um, I don't know, what, three weeks, four weeks ago today, and when the Saints were 4-9, and they blew a the 16-3 lead to Tampa Bay, yeah, And I use the same words, dumpster fire. Oh, it was more of a dumpster fire. Oh, hold then. on, hold on. Would you be as adamant about not calling this a dumpster fire, as you are. No, right now. I wouldn't. I wouldn't. I, I, I would
1: agree with you more. But that's the whole point, Jim. You let the season play out. You see how things go. The Te- season teams was over. Teams evolve. I get that, but teams still evolve, and they get better or worse, and and things go up or down. You you evaluate on the whole. You don't evaluate based on half of a year. You just don't. You look at half of a year and say, Oh, this is terrible. Ahead, but you ride it out and you see what happens and you see if you see positive signs or if you see see negative signs. At four and nine and, and the and the trend is going down, I certainly, and I'm sure you did it, I'm sure everybody in New Orleans expected the trend to continue to go down, but you know what? It didn't. It stabilized and it got a little bit better. And That's just a fact. I'm evaluating based on all the information I have, not based on stopping at some point in the
0: season. Here's a fact that you can evaluate on. They go 4-9. They win the next game against a team that went into preseason mode by sending their quarterback into oblivion. Okay? And we're going to start our rookie quarterback who's never played in the NFL Uh and you almost lost the game. Uh Okay? You needed a pick that flew off the fingertips of your first round draft pick uh-huh. okay Drake London to win that game okay uh-huh. so that's part of your evaluation that's not uh-huh. a dumpster fire. Uh-huh. The next week you go and play one of the most dysfunctional teams in the NFL that has all kinds of issues in six degree weather. Okay, first of all, that team won this week. A and, that job. Playing,
1: and that team is playing their future quarterback and trying to get momentum at the end of the year. Cleveland was not giving up. Cleveland was all in with Deshaun Watson trying to show they were moving forward. And then you play six, six degrees with a 30-mile-an-hour
0: win. Okay, and you overcame
1: that. And then you play the team that is trying to clinch the number one seed in the playoffs. To
0: call the last two wins meaningless is wrong. I'm not I, I, calling no. this – I'm not calling the Philly win meaningless. I, I give them credit. I'm
1: not me. calling the Cleveland win meaningless either because Cleveland is trying to get momentum, and you saw how well they played That's this – That's completely year. right. Trying to get momentum with Deshaun Watson going into the offseason. That, that, and you outplayed them and you outtucked them in, in horrible conditions. On a they, t- The Saints could have quit just as easily as Cleveland did.
0: They and sure, a, they got lucky they, in that, that game. Was, but
1: they got there. just as unlucky in earlier games.
0: They played a franchise that w- that's even more dysfunctional than they are. I mean, Cleveland is a is an absolute you want to talk about dumpster fires. They're screwed. I mean, they they don't they're 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 stuck with Deshaun Watson now. And he could turn out to be something good, but they need a lot more than Deshaun Watson. That's a whole nother. We're talking about that in the offseason. I'm talking about the New Orleans Saints. And I mean, we can um disagree to disagree if you want i, I don't yeah. i mean i don't know it, it is what it is it's not and i'm not just blaming the quarterback like i said i'm not blaming andy dalton he's done the best he can do yeah I mean, yeah he's, he's played
1: sure. by you said it i think your analysis if you take the stat line from andy dalton from 10 years ago and he's the same guy i would yeah, agree 100 percent. yes he's done exactly what you thought
0: he would do if your defense can win it for you he probably won't lose it for you the problem is and you can take a game if you want to dissect a game go through the Philly game oh look at his numbers how good they were he was terrible yeah, i thought no, he was I, terrible I, in the Philly look, game I, I am not here, a, here to defend anybody No, i am Four not here to say he's a no, pick no
1: I, I am not here to be that guy i'm just saying he might be the Saints quarterback to start next year and
0: and if no, they, they pass that that i think there's a possibility i think yeah. there's a decent possibility but also i i mean i honestly i'm not just saying this cuz i hope it happens I I'm, I'm saying it because I think there's a strong possibility. If you were Andy Dalton, would you want to subject yourself to this again? Yeah.
1: Yeah, no, I mean look, that's an interesting point. I don't know. I don't know. I, I don't would. know how much fun he's having. I don't know if he I don't know if he'd rather collect the paycheck to not play or to actually be out there playing. I I, I don't I don't I don't know those things.
0: Or if uh, you want to play, why would I mean why wouldn't you want to go sign somewhere else? I, I will mean, say a, a bunch want of teams. To with, to
1: come uh, here. I mean most of them will be um, Almost everyone will be to be the backup, maybe everyone but here, but a lot of teams would be fine with him
0: as their backup. And he's so he's going to get lost. He's 35 years old. He came here, like you said, because he thought he was going to win here. He thought he wasn't going to play here. He's he thought gonna he was going to win here as a backup, yeah. He thought he was going to win here as a backup, and I understand that. So do you think – I don't think he wants to be a starter at this point. Of this I <laughs> well, he's be obviously honest.
1: never say that, but yes – um, I, I th- And look, I will say this, you know, I, I, re- uh, I remember talking to a guy This a long time ago when I was in South Dakota. We had a CBA team, and one of the guys on the CBA, this is in the golden age of the CBA, and we had a guy on the CBA team who, he was, he was one of the main players for the Rapid City team, but he'd been on an NBA roster for like six years as the 12th man, because he was like a uh-huh. seven-foot bruiser, and he, I remember him telling me, he's like, I gotta tell you Being the 12th man on an NBA team is literally the best job in the world. I never get beaten up. I stay at the best hotels. I'm making more money than I could ever make. Like, no athlete would ever say out loud, I'm happy being a backup. But this guy would have loved to. And he just wanted to get another shot to be an NBA 12th man. That was his dream. So it it does happen. No athlete would ever say that. But I, I do get that. And I think that's a fair point, and we'll see in the offseason, because the Saints are going to need a stopgap to the next quarterback. Who that stopgap is, whoever it is, it's going to
0: be great. Let's see. I, they're going to need a stopgap next there year. There can be somebody that I don't know who it's going to be. I we'll, we'll debate this in February when we start looking at the list, but if the Saints think they can win next year, to me – then you've got to make enough moves to go get someone like, and I'm not saying him particularly, someone like a Jimmy Garoppolo that gives you a chance. You've got, I'm 100% on board. Whatever your highest pick is, whether it be, whether you whether Sean Payton coaches somewhere and you get a first-round pick, or whether you use a second-round pick, your first pick is got to be quarterback. And I don't care what, how, whatever. Do your own analysis, but... You know, before I let you go, Doug, you know, we talk about models from you were talking about models from other teams and modeling Pittsburgh or whatever. You want to model a team? How about modeling one that's in your own building? The New Orleans Pelicans, and look what they've done. And the stuff they did last year, they transformed, and I know a lot of it is Willie Green. Willie Green is Sean Payton, in my opinion. They 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 trans they they took a three and twenty team and turned them into a winner. Because they made the right moves, made a trade when it like why the hell would this team trade for CJ McCollum? Oh, that's why. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. So Yeah, they've they've done everything right
1: and they went young. And look, I will say I just your own model. I, I, last point. I, I, if the Saints start Andy Dalton next year and they haven't drafted a quarterback in the oh. first 3 rounds, then you are 100% correct. Then I'm on board with you. Like that that is not recognizing who you are and where you are. If they start next season with Andy Dalton as a quarterback, but you have drafted a quarterback and you've got a guy in the building that you think might be your next great quarterback, then I'm okay with it. And then I think you're too negative on the wrong side. But if they think we're going to get to the playoffs and let's roll with these, we don't need our quarterback yet. If they think that and they don't draft a quarterback high, then I'm on board with you. So let's walk out the draft.
0: I'm not sure that um, the boy that my sixth grade daughter plays marbles with would think this team doesn't need to draft a quarterback. I know. So I don't I think know. that's, do, that's going to happen. Until
1: they do, we don't know that they think that. Oh, you're right. Until they them,
0: do it, we don't know if they agree with that. I, look, I will say this I have not once this entire season, I can't say in, in my career. But I have not once in this entire season um, criticized Mickey Loomis because I think he's wonderful, okay? I th- I would be absolutely floored if Mickey Loomis, assuming he doesn't retire and doesn't want to be part of this mess either. No, it's possible, possible that he could which retire. A, and take yeah, it's a, certainly uh, a possibility. It's his job and Jeff Ireland's running it. 100%. That's possible in the next few years. Yes. Yeah, that is definitely possible. But I would be floored. If Mickey Loomis stays on, and they do not draft a quarterback, I I agree. I'd be floored
1: if they don't. Period. But I'm saying until they do, we got to see it happen. I mean, you can't just uh, you can't assume. That's true. We've seen strange things. That is true. That would be if they don't recognize who they are and how they get to the next level. And literally, everyone knows you got to get a quarterback. Like if they roll with Andy Dalton and Jameis Winston and no. Quarterback of the future in the building, then you are 100% right. Because then they don't know who they are. If they know who they are, and and you said Cleveland, you said more dysfunctional than this organization is. Uh, Okay, like from 2017 to 2022, the Saints have the best, the second best record in the NFL, only the Kansas City Chiefs with more games. Call them dysfunctional from 17 to 22. It's just wrong. It, it was, I didn't I say
0: 17 to 22, they're dysfunctional. 20, I said they're dysfunctional okay. in 2022. 20, Let me finish my sentence. And then the one year
1: when you're changing regimes, you're going to go eight and nine. Like, to call that dysfunctional the one mud year. That's a, To me, that's like calling Mike Tomlin dysfunctional. Like, really? Like, one mud year in a transformation when you were trying to, you know, make your run in 22 with this veteran group. Like, let's see how they regroup after seeing. okay, we're not there. we got to start rebuilding this thing from scratch. If, if they don't recognize who they are, then you're right. But if they do, then you're 100% wrong. There's nothing dysfunctional about trying to run it one more time when you've been the second-best team in football. You tried to run it one more time. It didn't work. Now we're into the rebuild. If they recognize that, that's not dysfunctional. That's recognizing a normal changing of the rebuild
0: i don't want to start a whole new argument because i know that um I, I don't think either one of us was intended for us to talk for an hour and 20 minutes okay No. I, yeah and, I, I'm, sure. and i'm okay with it because i think it's a great discussion and it's certainly one we need to have again after we see what happens towards the draft okay yeah, yeah. But, but i cannot let you go without saying this You're calling this team eight and – you're using their record as a base for what they are. They're not an eight and nine football team. They were four and nine. The when you win four games and when it doesn't mean a goddamn thing, it doesn't mean anything to me. You're a four and nine football team. The season essentially ended when you lost in Tampa Bay. That The season was over. So whatever you do after that doesn't mean anything. So – they're a 4-9 football team, no matter what their record says they are, which translates to dysfunctional dumpster fire.
1: Yes, I don't agree with that.
0: I know you don't, and you're positive. I think, about I think, you, I think you evaluate on the whole. The good thing is I can have this debate with you and feel comfortable having this debate with you because I don't, if I have this debate with Jeff Duncan, I think I'm going to hurt his feelings. Okay. <laughs> So, so no, I got no talking like, to you, so and you don't get it. You're an idiot, no matter what I say.
1: So, so I like, I, yeah, I don't yeah, care if people idiot. agree with me or not. Like I, I was, I'm
0: evaluating on the whole, and I want I want this to be clear. I and I I mean this is like you want
1: to evaluate on partial no, 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 no. information. That's your
0: thing. No, no, I I mean this sincerely. I respect your opinion. I I completely do. So I don't want it to sound like I don't. Respect oh, no, opinion. no, no, you're just arguing. Oh, no, 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 I'm fine with arguing. And, I'm look, I'm fine
1: with if 98 people out of 100 disagree with me, I'm just saying I'm, I'm, I'm evaluating
0: on the whole. There are more people on your side than oh, my side. Really? You know I think who in general are right rosy sunshine. The Saints are going to go flying fly on the magic carpet next year oh, and win wow. the damn Super Bowl. Oh, wow. I mean, look, I really think there are a lot of people that – Yes, yeah, so i right now. criticize a lot of people. I, I I think who that's I, look, I'm a realist, Doug. I'm not, I know people call me dairy downer and say, I'm
1: all of my hands up. If this is middle ground, I admit I'm on the optimistic side, but if you think you're not on the pessimistic side, if you think you're really a realist and in the 50 percentile of, of positive and negative, you're not, you're at the 30
0: mark. On the oh, I agree with that. I, I agree with that. You know why? Are, because the rosy sunshine there's so many goddamn rosy sunshine people out uh, uh, there that they're they're flooding the the optimistic side that you're I don't you just PowerPoint? I think realist is 30%. I mean, I think No, I'm realist like, is 50. 50. Seeing the good and
1: seeing the bad and it's making it a good. realistic. You're seeing much more of the bad and not calling the Cleveland wind meaningless or calling the ta- the Philadelphia wind meaningless. Calling the Philadelphia win meaningless. It's meaningless. I, would I would disagree. I think it's it doesn't yeah. mean anything in getting you to playoffs. I get that, but I do think it means something. It means something about who you are and who you've become and who you've learned to be at this point in the season because Philadelphia was playing hard.
0: And Philadelphia you know what did Philadelphia did for you? Badly. And you
1: the Saints being,
0: were a little better than that. You know what being Philadelphia did for you? It get It means that you get to play Green Bay instead of Detroit next year. It means you get to play – Oh yeah! The, it means you get to play Dallas instead of Philadelphia next year. It means you get to play whoever's going to finish second yeah, in the I get AFC. I got it! I, mean, I got it! I got it! I get it. But but, yes, it but it also, it, other it, than it, that, it's meaningless.
1: You also do your evaluation. Yeah, I, I disagree. I, th- I think it all means something. I think you evaluate on the whole, and it means something. And you well, learn, I don't want them to lose. This was never going to be a year you were going to the Super Bowl. This was all a year about learning. Oh, I don't
0: know. And learning to
1: learn something. And look, next year's You you want to go back and read all of our colleagues'
0: comments? comments. What's that? You want to read our colleagues' comments from August? Oh, oh yeah, yeah,
1: of course. Well, look, and that was based on the fact that you had the second best record in the NFL over a five-year stretch. That didn't come out of nowhere. Having expectations wasn't just made up. It was based on the fact that this team had the second best record in the NFL over I five agree. years. It was yeah. proven winning. I agree. And, and so if in doubt, this team has shown they win. So if in doubt, look, this what I've seen from this team is win. Like, I am confident the Pelicans are going to win Wednesday against Houston based on what I've seen them do so far this season. Like, it's confidence based on demonstrated ability. And that's what heading into this season. Turns out, this was the year of the come to Jesus. And, and this is the year the rebuild starts. And this is the year you're hitting the mud. And you
0: got to start over now. Okay, well, let's start over. I'm going to do something I rarely do. I'm going to say you got the last word, and good for you. <laughs> just because of the time. I just out-talked you. I mean, you, you just don't I, I don't know who you are anymore, Doug Mutu. I outlasted you. I'm the same I, guy. You, I'm you, the same uh, guy. You know, I, I, I'm, I'm fine with it. You you beat me. It's its, it's, it's all good. <laughs> I mean, you, your argument didn't beat me, but uh, you you beat me down. I mean, I'm ready I to go. Well, that's how I roll. That's how you roll. That's how they roll. Look, they roll look, you can win a fight. We're going yeah, well, right. you know, to ride down Morrison Boulevard, baby. Down the hmm. road. Come on. We're going to ride down Morrison Boulevard. Down the road. Down the road for sure.
1: Yeah, we're riding down Fundy on our way to the plaza. Fundy.
0: There you go. All right. That's Cruel my name Selena. Crew right. Selena. All right. Oh, Thank yeah. You, Mr. Mitton. We're going to have a lot of fun. I will have you back before the draft at some point. And I'm, I'm praying that they draft a quarterback. I'm positive this is going to come up again, and I'll be less. I'll probably be less edgy. I'll be over it by then. Yeah. And then look, I'll be a lot. I'll, I'll be less. Look, I hope they go eight and nine. Put yeah. make the facade the facade. I'll take my, my money from. Well, is there any difference between eight nine and seven and ten? There I is mean, money wise. There is money wise, but I mean heading into the offseason,
1: you're the same team. Oh, I don't. The, I mean, I don't so, give a damn. So you might as well win and take your money. Like I wouldn't go
0: for. I'm talking two. about me. I want the money.
1: But that's what I'm saying. You said it, it, it might change the evaluation. I almost hope they're going to lose. It's not going to change any evaluation, whether you win or lose. I don't that's why ever I, hope the
0: Saints are going to lose, unless, hey, I, unless I have, like, some kind of serious I'm going money.
1: Sunday, and I'm, I'm pulling for a win, and 8-9, and you know what? They, they polished up the turd, and you know what? We're, we're going to find some pieces that are, that you know, Rashid Shaheed. we're going to talk about the good things, and they're going to blow up the rest.
0: Doug, the turd polisher Mouton. That's it. You're on on the Dad and podcast. That's it. We'll talk to you soon, my friend. All right, Jeff. I don't know how he's going to take if I were to start calling him the turd polisher. I mean, maybe he should change his fantasy baseball and football names to the turd polisher. The turd polishers. I mean, polishing some... Whatever I, this this show is go, going completely awry, and we've gone on for way too long. So um, I'm going to end it there. Um, I hope we were able to take your mind off of um, some other things. You know, some people would say, "Well, don't take your mind." Yeah, I mean, come on. Even if even if uh, you know that were my son, I would want someone to take my mind off of it for a little bit. I mean. You sit there and you, and you pray and you pray and that's all you can do, and uh, it's going to be on my mind all day today, all day tomorrow. It it, it is so. It uh, we pray for DeMar Hamlin, and uh, at the same time we 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 try to have an escape of sorts, and we hope we were able to provide that to you for the past I don't know hour and a half or at least the last 30, 40 minutes for sure with with Muton going off the rails. I mean, he got me to cuss on this show. I think I cussed more on this show than all the cussing I've done in the previous 128 episodes. That's how spirited this debate got. But, I don't know. I'm like the Saints. I'm running against the wind. Aren't we all kind of running against the wind? I was trying to think of a good song, and I'm just not in a cheery mood to think of a, of a happy song, so... Try to come up with something that would just kind of fit everything. And this is the closest thing I could come with. So I hope it works for you. We will be back on Friday. Hopefully I will sound like myself. Maybe that's not a good thing for some of you. Uh, For others, well, we hope you join us. We'll be live with Jeff Duncan to preview the Saints and the Panthers, assuming that they play this weekend. Look, we don't know what's going to happen this weekend. I mean, I think everything's on the table. But uh, regardless of whether the Saints and Panthers play Sunday or not, Jeff Duncan and I will be live, is my expectation, Friday at 9.15. And if you can't catch it live on all, the com and com social media platforms, well, you can come here and get it where you got this podcast, wherever you search for Dattitude. You can find where, you know, and after Duncan and I are finished, not only that, I had my monologue, and I had the best bets with Uncle Big Nick, and I think we both had a pretty good week again. So, Come back and keep making money. And then this afternoon, if you're around, the Bayou Bet Show will be live at 4 o'clock. Again, on all those same Noah.com and bet.noAA.com stations. Zach Ewing, Spencer, the guru, Erk and I will talk about all the goings on. It probably won't be spirited like this. But who needs that anymore, right? All right, we will see you on Friday. Hopefully, I will be better. I hope everyone else is feeling better. Again, prayers for the Buffalo Bills And all the players in the NFL who are, I can't imagine where their minds are. Our minds will be here on Friday. We will see you then. Peace and love, my friends.